Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. I believe that God is going to do some great things here today. Would you clap your hands this morning and welcome Brother Weezar as he comes to this pulpit to minister the word of the Lord today. Amen. Let's give that to Jesus Christ. Give him the greatest. Come on, give him the greatest praise you've given him yet. Hallelujah. Oh, I was glad when they said unto me, are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Come on, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Oh, clap your hands. Come on, all ye people. And shout, shout, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Thank you, mighty God. We praise you. Amen. It's in these atmospheres that God can do the impossible, where God can reverse a diagnosis that you may have received just the last few days where God can heal a broken relationship that you have been battling for for years, where God can bring you peace, amen, in the middle of your storm, amen. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear anything because he is with me, amen. His rod, amen, comforts me, and he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've come to the house of the Lord, amen, and he's prepared a feast for you today amen and i'm thankful for that i'm so excited about what god is doing in this church and the vision and the plans to grow and to move and to see god give you amen allow you to possess the land i believe he's given you the ability to possess the land and i rejoice with you and uh, it was so great to be with you all this weekend and i give honor to our friends we had the opportunity to serve with them and the whole nation, there's groups of youth leaders from different states and districts, and uh, we get to meet these great people, and we're so thankful for the friendship of Brother and Sister Borders. They're very, very dear to us. We had the opportunity to serve with them, and we've had that friendship, and being able to be with you at your Oklahoma youth camp, and it was a little different, but I know God did a tremendous work, amen, and I give honor to your leadership, your pastor, Pastor and Sister Borders, we thank you for this opportunity, amen, to be with you all this morning. Everyone that has come here today, we're so glad to have you. If you're here for the first time, we're so thankful to have you. Don't judge your experience based on my preaching. Come back next week, you'll be blessed, amen. I believe it. I believe it. You're going to be blessed. And it's so awesome how God puts the family of God together. He puts his family together, and uh, your pastor was sharing that he, back in the day when he was evangelizing and uh, serving in missions, he preached at our church, and uh, it's just awesome to hear those testimonies that we are all in the family of God together, and you don't know what impact you may make when you serve God. I believe God has given us a word for this morning, and if you have a need in your life, as Brother Borders was sharing, I believe God can meet that need. There is nothing too big. Nothing too hard, 
nothing too grand for God to intervene and to change, amen, the course of your life. If you've never been baptized in the precious name of Jesus, this is your day to be baptized in the name of Jesus. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, this is your day to experience Pentecost as they did in the book of Acts and this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And I believe we're living in the last days. And today is going to be a day of Pentecost. Do you believe that? with me if you believe that with me would you just thank god in advance for what he's going to do in our lives thank you jesus thank you lord amen i know you've been standing as you turn with me to the book of john chapter number 20 we thoroughly enjoyed the hospitality in fact if you wondered why i came in a few minutes late it was just so hard to leave that awesome Sunday school room where you let evangelists sleep in. It's not a Sunday, it's a hotel, it's a suite. I could not leave that place. Amen. But uh, we were in the house of the Lord, nonetheless, Pastor. And so, thank you for the hospitality, the kindness, and I've, I've been trying to lose weight, and I gained it all back, and then some on my trip here to Oklahoma. Amen. And so, uh, we're, we're uh, going to have to count some calories on the way back home, but it's all right. I believe God can take away and erase those calories. Amen. <laughs> I believe he can do that. John chapter number 20, verse number 21. Together we will read one passage of Scripture, and then I will read one afterwards. It's so good to have my 12-year-old son, Avery, with me, and uh, he's very much enjoyed the new friendships and the kindness, amen, from this wonderful church and the family of God. My wife is praying for this service. She sends her love to you all, amen. John twenty twenty one says, Then said Jesus unto them, saying, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. He says to them again. He had to reiterate the point. He had to make the notion again and say, peace be unto you. Hebrews 12, verses 12 through 14 says, Wherefore lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, and let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men, and holiness without no man shall see the Lord. If you can help me pray that God would speak to us in these next few moments, and get every distraction out of the way. Jesus, we come before you knowing that you're a great and mighty and powerful God. Lord, we're thankful for what we've experienced so far, for the prayers and the worship and those that have led us into worship and to this place. And Lord, we know we do those things, God, so that we can go to a place where your word can have effect. 
where your word can transform our minds, where your word would allow us to respond because your word demands a response. I pray you would anoint my lips to speak and your people's ears to hear and let your word be established today in our hearts and let someone's life be transformed. In the mighty name of Jesus, we believe it and we pray it. Amen and amen. Can you clap your hands before you're seated? Come on, someone shout hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We see that Jesus is very clear in his word about certain things that he says. And he tells them that they will have peace. And so with the help of the Lord, I want to speak to you on this topic. While many things have been deemed essential or not essential, today with the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach to you on this. Peace is essential. Peace is essential. Jesus Christ came to give us peace. And as I was studying this passage, and I was studying Hebrews and 12, I was focused on that holiness because I believe that it's in a holiness church that the Lord can move in such a mighty and great way. I know that to be a fact because Acts chapter 1 says, verse 8 tells us, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And the reason why we live a life of holiness is not to appease man or to appease those that are over us, which we should endeavor to do. But the reason why the man of God in your life instructs you and, and shares with you how to live a life of holiness is so that you can experience the power of God in your life. It's in a Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost-filled church, a holiness church where I've seen people get out of wheelchairs. It's in a Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost-filled church that I've seen people literally get out of deathbeds and begin to breathe the breath of life once again. It's in a Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost-filled church where I've seen the blind come up to an altar only to have their sight restored. I've seen it, amen, where deaf ears have been opened. We have signed language, the prayer of faith over someone, only for them in a few short minutes to be speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. It's in a Holy Ghost-filled church where God can allow an addict begin to become free from addictions of sin, amen, drugs, pornography, anything that has had, had them bound. It's in a Holy Ghost church where the power of God is moved. And I've been to places at the invitation of those leaders to come to their church, and I experience a good time. I receive a nice cup of coffee as I come in. I'm, sit I'm seated in a nice, comfortable chair. And I feel the Spirit of God move. It's a form of godliness, as the Scripture declares, but lacks the power there 
of. I did not come to church just to feel good or to have the song move me to a place of tears. But I've come to church for the holy presence of God. Amen. To heal and to restore my broken life. I don't care how long I've been serving him. I still yearn. Amen. As the as the deer pants for the water brook, I still yearn and hunger and desire to be in the presence because God is in the business of giving his children peace. He's in the business of giving his children peace. And so we see that as I read past this scripture in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, I tend to forget the first part where it says, follow peace with all men. Indicating to me that peace is very much essential in our lives. For those of you that think peace was birthed in the 1960s, it was not birthed in that time frame. If you think peace just was birthed after a war-torn country, it wasn't birthed there. Peace was birthed at the creation of time and this world when the Lord saw it fit to create man, and to breathe into man the breath of life. However, a thing called sin, and a being called the devil, will do everything in his path to disrupt the peace that God wants to give you. Why? Because he is in forever torment, forever damnation, forever torment in the lake of fire. And let me tell you that hell was not created for anybody. Hell wasn't created for your worst enemy. Hell wasn't created for the one you think deserves it. Everybody, amen, belongs to Jesus. Everybody deserves the opportunity to come to an altar and experience the grace, the amazing grace. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I see a crimson stream of blood. The blood of Jesus covers a multitude of sins and a multitude of people, a multitude of nations. Therefore, I must realize that the word of God and the plan of God was created for all humanity, and I must follow peace with all men. The motto of the Apollo 11 flight was this, we come in peace for all mankind. This motto was on the plaque which was deposited on the face of the moon. The landing was on the sea of tranquility. And Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin found a tranquil, a peaceful place, a scene on the moon. And they never had been any humans there to disturb the peace. The problem is, is that God intended for peace to be in the land. But the problem is not just my neighbor, but the problem is me. Because humanity will bring a disruption to the peace that God wants to give us. And in the best of conditions of this world, there is still chaos that still exists in this world. Being human alone will confront you with storms and heartbreak and pain. Just being human. Just getting old. I had to look in the mirror and tears begin to flow down my face as I saw 
some silver in my beautiful head of hair. I was heartbroken. And when the world has grown worse, sin continued to infect the hearts of humanity and the lives of people. And chaos increased and peace decreased. And many up to this year in 2020 proclaimed this year to be the year of many things. You name it, it was toasted New Year's Eve and believed New Year's Day. It's the year of vision, the year of this, the year of that. And as soon as the clock struck 12.01 a.m., you better believe that this has been a year that you did not expect. It's been anything outside of the house of God, anything but peaceful. There has been chaos and hatred tossed to and fro and us being confronted by beginning to have to make a stance and create ways that we can still have our friends on either side of the line and trying to follow peace with all men. And while things and states and everyone's telling us what is essential and what isn't, what is good, what should be followed and what shouldn't be followed, People telling us how to worship God, how to live for God, how to worship our King and Savior. I have not come, amen, to follow the orders of someone to tell me how to worship a God that they don't even believe in. If you haven't experienced it, you will experience. There's a God that saved us from a wretch of sin. Therefore, I can't stay put when I go into the house of God. When they told me I couldn't sing, I sang a little louder. When they told me I couldn't pray, I prayed a little harder. When they told me I couldn't do this, I did it even once more because you weren't there when God rescued me. You weren't there when God healed my son. You weren't there when God restored my soul. And I'm not holding back anymore. Oh, so don't tell me what is essential. If anything was ever essential today, it's the church. It's the name of Jesus. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's the new birth message. It's all of these things. They are essential, essential, essential. And I live in the most western state of the United States, California, where we've been told how to live, being told to flatten the curve, and we did everything we could to follow and follow peace with all men. But as the curve began to flatten with the virus that hit us, we began something else began to spike, and we had data and numbers for it. What began to spike when the churches were closed and we were told to, to close and muzzle our voice, what began to spike while the virus began to fall? What began to spike were episodes of domestic violence in the homes. What began to spike were suicide rates among people. What began to spike were, were heartache and things and problems among people. And you can't say that that doesn't have a coincidence. I'm sorry, but the church is alive and the church needs to be open. The church is essential because there is a dying world out there and they need a church to call home. They need a place of refuge and allow them to begin to give God their life. And so we see as peace is essential as issued by the word of God. Isaiah 9, 
verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will have no end. We are finite in who we are. We are human in who we are. But we serve a God of Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. As far as the east is from the west, there is nothing that my God cannot do. He is able to do exceeding abundant above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us and that power is the Holy Ghost and when it falls upon you it's like fire shut up in my bones the Holy Ghost is on me and I can't sit still oh amen you thought we had it figured out but we don't have it much figured out at all. There's a God that is directing our paths. There's a God that is still being glorified. And in the middle of the pandemic, amen, from January 1 to March 15th, we had seen, and we rejoice with this, but we had seen 10 that were baptized in the name of Jesus. And that was great. That was an average about once a week or once every 12 days or so. The pandemic hit. And we said, what are we going to do? We begin to trust God and believe that God has called us to the kingdom for such a time as this. And so we begin to believe that God can still do the miracles. And it's so awesome to report to you that in the last several weeks and months since March 15th to present day today, we have seen 36 water baptized in the precious name of Jesus. And today, two more are going to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Don't tell me God cannot work in a pandemic. Don't tell me God cannot work when we have masks in our face. Don't tell me God cannot work when we got to sanitize and give air fives. No, God can still be God and be bigger and greater than you could ever imagine. That's why I've come to this church to declare to you that your greatest hour has yet to be seen. God is going to give you, amen, the vision and the promise, and it will be fulfilled. You will be the church of this city. You will be the light in this hill. You will be the place where people come and say, I've come to this church, and I don't even know all that they believe. But but I do know this. I came in broken and I left healed. I think you ought to believe God with me. Come on, I think you ought to believe that God is still doing the supernatural in our lives. That God has come, amen, to bring you that peace. Hallelujah at the birth and the entrance of the Lord Jesus Christ on this earth. The Gospel of Luke chapter 2 verse 14 says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The angelic messenger proclaimed a message that far exceeded 
the temporal peace and stability falsely assured by the Roman Empire at that time. We find peace during times and seasons of prosperity. It's those times like your birthday that you know you're going to have at least one thing go right that day. It's like times when you graduate or commence or do something of, of, of that nature that you'll feel some sort of solace because something orchestrated that thing. And so when the angel declared this message on earth peace, he was talking about a peace that wasn't predicated on things that happened on our lives. It wasn't based on how I felt that morning. It wasn't based if my car turned on or not. It wasn't based if the doctor told me I only had but a few months to live. It wasn't based on those things. It was based on the Lord coming in in the middle of any circumstance, any trial, any despair and say, I don't find any fault in you, God. Hallelujah. Naked I came in this world and naked I'm going out. I'm going to serve you in the middle of of the storm in the middle of the valley in the middle of the diagnosis in the middle of it all and so the prince of peace was going to bring a whole new level of peace to us and every time christmas comes around we get our christmas cards together those of you that do that i'm actually getting ready for christmas card pictures hoping i can drop a few before then we circulate these cards with these greetings Peace on earth. When you don't realize in a family like ours, a family of six, that that photo that was taken was anything but peaceful. I'm pinching my son in the back to make sure he smiles correctly. My wife is holding my daughter a certain way so she doesn't move and mess up the photo. And as soon as the photo's taken, we go back to our everyday lives and live a life full of human interaction and sometimes at our choosing, not the choosing of God, it being absent from the presence of God. There has never been a shortage of the presence of God. There has never been a shortage of the word of God. What there has been a shortage of is a hunger for the word of God, a hunger for the things of God, a hunger for the demonstration of God. Amen. I've come to every service, every prayer meeting. I don't care who's preaching. I don't care what song they sang. I've come for God to demonstrate his power in our lives. I didn't come with excellency of speech. I didn't come with eloquence words I've come in the demonstration of the Spirit of God therefore I believe that today amen God can do the great things in your life and so that's why we realize that these things are essential church worship prayer the name of Jesus and yes holiness is essential and so we pray that during this time in this pandemic that you have been one of these types of people or this type of person rather someone who has taken the opportunity to get closer to God in this time you see there's some that have taken this opportunity to drift away and some that have taken this opportunity to get closer to God and I believe in the name of Jesus that God has brought us here because we're hungry I believe you're here because you want 
God. I believe you're here because you want the things of God. And I believe that God is going to do that great work in your life. You see, we not only lack peace between nations, but within ourselves. A doctor by the name of Richard Swanson, a director of health and studies in Wisconsin, reports these findings for those who work in the workplace. The average desk worker has 36 hours of work on their desk and spends three hours of work a week, three hours a week sorting piles and organizing their desk. The average manager is interrupted 73 times a day. Now imagine a pastor. Over time are at record levels. Men average 50 hours at work per week. And because of their life, and it's likely to include more domestic chores at home, most working women and those that are taking care of the home average 65 to 85 hours per week. We spend eight months of our lives opening up junk mail. We spend one year searching out misplaced objects. We spend two years of our lives trying to call people who aren't in or their phone lines are busy. In the 1960s, those who predicted the future, advantages of technology, felt the biggest challenge of the future would be boredom. They believed that time-saving technologies would increase productivity. They informed a U.S. Senate subcommittee that by 1985, People would work about 22 hours a week, 27 weeks a year, and would retire at 38. That means that I would have already been retired for one year. We now look at these numbers and laugh as you did. And so I guess you could argue that a lot of us are already in retirement. You see, the lives we live today are anything but that. And the technology that has been confronted to us and by us has kept us both busy in the wrong things and bored in the things that matter. We become busy in the things of this world and bored in the things of God. We expect our preacher to preach no longer than the favorite sitcom we watch every week. We expect our worship service to not be any longer than the album that we listen to that week. We expect things to compete. Nothing should compete with the presence of God. And so we see that peace is defined and woven through this entire text, this entire Bible, the Word of God throughout. And in spite, amen, in spite of the pace that we live in, we need peace given by God. It's a peace that passeth all understanding. To define peace to you, it's the absence of tension or conflict. In ancient words, for peace they do not mean the absence of those things, but rather tranquility and order. In other words, there may be chaos all around us, but a person with God's Spirit living inside of them, amen, remains at peace because God is number one in their life. Amen, it tells us that order brings everything to rest, that the proper order puts everything in perspective. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all, these, and all His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. It's up to you to keep God first and everything else second. And when you keep God first, he will give you a peace that you could not have without. And so how can order bring us that peace and that rest? 
Where do we find this thing? In Lamentations chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Judah is gone into captivity because of affliction. And because of the great servitude, she dwelleth among the heathen. She findeth no rest. All her persecutors overtook her between the straits. You see, peace is only found in Jesus Christ. He says, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The peace was offered, but it was quickly rejected. It was quickly taken away because distractions began to come into their life. And Jesus was in the middle of them, and they would only nitpick and take what they wanted. But things have not changed today. We treat him like a menu. We say, I'll take that and not that. I'll only do what is going to be so lowly required of me oh but is there somebody that's saying I know it's not comfortable but I'm going to give God my all and I'm going to trust him in the middle of my transgression and trials and valleys and deserts I'm going to trust him it's up to us to have him find us amen and we can say God help me be delivered I'm no longer going to persecute you or the things of God God made the man perfect he made us perfect but it was sin when we heard the false narrative the false peace offering a peace without God offering a life without him and it was disobedience and it was those things that allowed Adam and Eve to trade peace for their pain to trade peace for things they were not even expecting it brought wickedness it brought destruction and the enemy Satan, the devil, the fallen one is in eternal damnation. And we know, hallelujah, that pity parties don't like to be alone. That's why he's walking to and fro to destroy you and to have you live a life that you were not intended to live. That's why we need to believe that God has given us the spirit of the Holy Ghost. And I don't have the spirit of fear. Amen. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord shall raise up a standard against the enemy. Someone needs to stand and say, devil, you're a liar. Devil, you have no place. Devil, you're not taking my peace. Devil, you're not going to destroy and distract my life in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We can't fall trap to these false pretenses of peace offered by the enemy of our soul. He will have you trade your eternal joy for temporary happiness. He will have you trade your prayers for pity. He will have you trade your praise for pride. He will have you trade your giving for greed. He will have you trade your Savior for yourself. And it brings wickedness. And the wicked, the scripture tells us, Find no rest. Isaiah 57, 20. But the wicked are like the troubled sea. When it cannot rest, those waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Job 22, verse 21 says, Acquaint, acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto thee. It's time 
church. It's time, amen, for us to be at peace. Why? Because peace is essential. Peace is essential. In that day, Isaiah 26 says, that that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee trust ye in the Lord forever for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength it's time to get your mind off the world and put your mind on Jesus keep your mind on him and be at strength I'm speaking to the child of God that you've been living for him and you've been weary but the word says don't be weary in your well doing for in due season come on in due season in due season in due season he's gonna let you rise and you're not gonna faint hallelujah we're encouraged to have peace he says peace be unto Israel and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to wrap this up peace be to you peace to the brethren in love May peace be around you, he says in Daniel. In Daniel and John, and, and John as well, he says, peace be with you. He says, peace to you and to your house in 1 Samuel. Peace to you and peace to him that helps you. Peace to all that are in Christ, 1 Peter. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I have said this to you, that in me you will have peace. Peace is essential. Peace and mercy be all who walk by this rule. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Go in peace, be warmed and filled. Let the mountains bring peace to the people. May peace be within your walls. May peace be within you. May peace abound till the moon be no more. He tells them to go in peace. He tells them to seek in peace. He tells them these things. He tells them these things about peace. And Christians experience peace when they trust Jesus Christ and grow in their faith. This is what Paul was praying when he asked that the God of hope might fill you with all joy and peace, believing in Romans 15. Paul further promises that when believers cast their cares on God through prayer and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I may not understand but I'm going to stand under the peace of God, the word of God, the spirit of God, the presence of God and I'll trust him. Come on, in the subjective sense of peace, security, and tranquility is probably what Jesus referred when he said, my peace I give to you. In this verse, Jesus links peace with the encouragement to not be afraid. I'm not here to minimize your problems, but I'm here to maximize, amen, your faith that God can give you the peace through any situation, any trial 
trial, the peace for your marriage, the peace for your children, the peace for your job, the peace for your finances, the peace for your body. I'm speaking to a mom who you've been praying for your kids to come back home. You've been praying for your husband to be saved. I'm speaking to a dad as you've been praying for your prodigals. Let me give you a word of peace that God hears your prayer and in the middle of your situation you may not understand but God is at work there's a song that we just used to sing it says even though I don't see you you're working even though I don't feel you you're working even though I can't hear you you are working do you believe that God is working in your life I think we ought to give him praise and believe that Alpha and Omega is working Hallelujah. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We need to go back to the source. The source of peace is God. He's the God of peace, the Lord of peace. His name will be the Prince of Peace. He will speak peace to the nations. Not just countries, but the word nations means ethos, which we derive the word ethnicity. In a place where ethnicities are at war with one another, we've got to experience the peace of God. God. Amen. You may not speak my language. You may not order the same food I order. You may not have the same skin tone I have. But once we've been blood bought and blood washed in the name of Jesus, we were all come together as they were in the book of Acts. Amen. And we received the peace of God. God, it wasn't just for my house and no more, but for every corner of the world. That's why the church needs to be a haven of hope, a place of peace in the middle of the chaos in this world. This is the greatest hour for the church to be alive. He came. Amen. And I'll close with this. I know I've gone way over time. But Mark 4 tells us when Jesus moved across the face of the land. We read an account, and it says in Mark chapter 4, verse 5, 35 rather, And the same day when the even was come, saith unto them, Let us pass unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. And, they, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that now it was full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, Jesus, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, Carest thou not that we perish? In English, do you care that if we're about to die or not? And he arose and rebuked the wind and saith unto the sea, Peace be still. 
And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What matter of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? What did Jesus do in that episode? He shows us that, number one, in the middle of the storm, he got up. You want to know how to survive the storm? Get up. Number two, he rebuked the wind. He spoke to something that couldn't be seen by the naked eye, but clearly felt it was there. Don't tell me feelings don't matter. What you feel matters. But it's time for you to speak to some things that aren't even seen by your naked eye. It's time to speak some things that are not as though they already are. And then he speaks to what he could see. The body of water. The ocean. The sea. The water. He says to the things he can see. Peace be still. I love how Jesus at the height of the storm told the wind and the waves, be quiet, shut up. Yet his panicked disciples actually needed to hear the heed of that rebuke. And Jesus rebuked the winds and the waves, but they were still fearful. Jesus' words, peace, be still. Invite us to calm our anxious hearts and trust the only one who cannot sleep during the storm but help us to make it through the storm and although Jesus amen was asleep in the boat that day the scripture tells us that God will neither slumber nor sleep and is ever aware of all that we need right when we need it as you stand with me today Jesus calmed the waves of the sea. If he can do that, he can certainly calm the storms in your life. If he can command the elements of the earth, he can control the circumstances around us and the storm-tossed emotions that live within us. For from there in that episode when he goes to the other side. We see in the next chapter of Mark, Mark chapter 5, Jesus do amazing things. Let me share with you what he does before calming the storm. He heals a man filled with an attack on his mind. A man in the tombs cutting himself, not in his right mind. He next heals a woman with a sickness in her body, an issue of blood. A woman who for 12 years had exhausted every resource that she had. He next resurrects a human life. A 12-year-old body. A cold body. The death certificate had already been signed. And he comes and enters in. And the daughter who was dead remained alive. Before all these things accomplished and all these miracles had been done, before he healed the mind of the man, before he healed the physical body of a woman,
And before he raised someone in a grave, the Bible tells us that he healed and calmed the storm in people's lives. Before the miracle in my body, before the miracle in my life, Jesus didn't do this by accident. He wants to calm the storms in your life. He wants to give you peace in your praise. Peace in your home. Peace in your workplace. Peace in your relationships. Peace in your finances. Peace in your ministry. And peace in your storm. You want to know how to pray in the middle of the storm? Pray to hide yourself in the presence of God. Pray for God to quiet your heart. Pray for God to help you stop worrying. Pray for God and remember His protection. A prophet was running. He was afraid. And he was looking for an answer. And he says, I can't hear God in the fire. I can't hear Him in the earthquake. And if he was in Oklahoma, he couldn't hear him in the tornado. But God spoke to him, Pastor, in a still, small voice. This encounter represents a place that is so different from today's day. God wants to quiet the chaos in your life. And today, he wants to speak a word into your life, a peaceful word, a still, small voice. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, say the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me. And I will hearken unto you. Peace be unto you and fear not. And when he ascends into heaven, after that great experience in the book of Acts, he says, remain here. Be at peace. Because I will send a comforter to your life. The Holy Ghost, my brothers and sisters, is a comforting power in your life. I'm going to need direction here because I don't know how you do altar calls. But if you want the comfort of the Holy Ghost upon your life, to receive it once again, if you're going through a storm in your life, God can heal you. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in a new tongue, I believe God can fill you today. If you've never been water baptized in the name of Jesus, we can baptize you today. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to open up this altar. And we're not going to have fanfare. We're not going to have organized chaos. I'm going to invite you in peace. To receive the peace of God. That passeth all understanding. If that's you, I invite you to this altar. If you've never received the Holy Ghost. You want to pray for that. I believe God can fill you. If you need healing in your mind or in your body, I believe God can give you peace today. And as you make your way up, I believe that God wants to do a mighty work in this place today. 
And if you're more comfortable staying where you're at, that's fine. I believe God can fill you. And God can give you peace. But if you're in desperate need of a miracle, this is why I invite you to this front. We will practice social distancing. We will do what we can. I don't have to lay my hand on you for the Lord to move. But I believe God can give you peace right now. So as you make your way forward, we're going to do this in order and at peace. I'm just going to ask this question. Who here needs a miracle in their life? Would you just raise your hand? Amen. There's several. I believe God can meet those needs. Who here has never received the Holy Ghost and you would like to receive it? Just raise your hand. You've never received the Holy Ghost. We've got one. Anyone else? Two? Three? I believe God can fill you with the Holy Ghost. Who needs peace in their life? Just raise your hand. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we come before you. We're going to pray this prayer of repentance, church. Say, God, forgive me, God. God, I come before you in a life of chaos, knowing that you can heal and restore. And by the power that's in the name of Jesus and the authority that's in the word of God, I pray right now for your peace to come and enter into my life. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would move mightily. God, I'm asking right now, cleanse my heart. Forgive me of every evil word. Forgive me of every evil deed. Forgive me of everything that I've done contrary to you. Ask God to forgive you. Take a moment and do that. And as you're doing that, ask him for repentance. I, God, I repent. I repent. Ask him to receive that repentance. Were you saying, God, I'm walking away from what I used to do? This is not just for those who are here for the first time. All of us, I'm praying this prayer too. God, I repent of my sins. I walk away for my sins. And Lord, now by the power that's in the name of Jesus and the authority that's in the word of God. Hallelujah. If you need that miracle, I'm going to invite you to lift up your voice and begin to let the Lord begin to fill you with peace. What you're going to feel is you're going to feel the fire of the Holy Ghost begin to move in you. You're going to feel your lips and tongue begin to move. That's the stammering lips. And when you feel the Holy Ghost, just connect your voice to that movement. You're going to speak a language you've never spoken. It's not going to be a language that you know of. Amen. Don't worry about what it sounds like. Just lift up your hands, lift up your voice, open up your mouth, and connect your voice to that movement and begin to receive you the gift of the Holy Ghost. Receive the peace of God in the name of Jesus. Come on. Receive it right now. Receive your healing. Receive your peace. Receive the power and the presence of God as they sing a song of prayer. Come on. Let's find peace in the presence of God. You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. Call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.